airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, um, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Sherry V's over in Studio CC. We will um, make every attempt to get around to calls in the last segment. Get your take on what we're discussing today. I just want to say we are so grateful to the Lord um, for sparing our area and so so many areas that were under a severe threat of um, horrible weather. And I know that there are some areas that um, did not fare as well as others. And so I just pray that the Lord will um, aid in the recovery mm-hmm. that is needed mm-hmm. and, um, and also encourage our hearts. You know, one of the things that I'm reminded of, and interestingly enough, when the Lord um, answers in the way that we are asking, mm-hmm. and even when he doesn't, mm-hmm. um, I am reminded that he doesn't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that often comes to my mind. It, it could be because I think so much of our culture is sort of fueled by uh, feelings of entitlement. Yeah. We don't realize it, but even toward God, we think that he owes us something. Um, some of us tend to want to, you know, cash in the way we've lived. Haven't I always done this? And so you should do this for me. You know, it's it's sort of like we we bring these, um, I, I don't know, these these kind of receipts to God and we want to <laughs> show them yeah. um, or banking statements. You know what I mean? Like we want to yeah. show how yeah. we've done whatever we've done that makes us worthy that he should do what we say, you know? Um, but even when the Lord is merciful in the way that we ask, um, I don't know. I still can't shake the feeling that, you know, man, <laughs> we don't have any right to that. You know, mm. that's, that's his pleasure. That is his prerogative. And, um, that our God is in the heavens and he does what pleases him. And and that's very difficult to understand, but I think sometimes we have to recalibrate the way we think and man, boy, this kind of sets us up for some other things that we'll discuss on this program in the next few days, uh, just looking ahead. But We've got to recalibrate the way that we think about the Lord because so much of our culture, um, I would say, has enticed us to uh, to refashion him. And I chose that word on purpose, fashion, Uh, because really what we have made is a God that we like and um, that we want to worship, Mm. you know, and because, you know, he's he's always he's always good to us by our definition of good. Right. You know, I used to say years (laughs) ago. Years ago, um, that when when you're asked to define God's goodness on a scale of one to ten, avoid the temptation to say ten because that sounds so great, right? You you sound like you're so generous. I I really think that our response, whenever we're you know put in the situation where you talk, how do you describe the goodness of God? We should you know if there's a scale, we need to probably say something like apple. <laughs> you need to be off the scale. Like God is not defined by his creation, right? Like he is, he is not, 
please excuse this expression or the way that I'm about to say this, but I think you'll get what I'm saying when I say it this way. He is not deriving his worth and value from you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like, you know, we have this, it's because we've been taught, we've been taught this, um, and I hate this for us, right? But we've been taught this sloppy savior who is just desperate for us. (laughs) He's just, you know what I mean? He's Mm -hmm. just like, you heard his heart. You know, like, you know, and, and so we, we feel this sense of like, we feel like he's nothing without us. You know, mm. we don't say that, but, um, but you know, yeah. we kind of have that posture that God kind of owes us something and, you know, he loves us so much. We broke his heart and he's spent eternity trying to get us back. And you know what I mean? It's, 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 <laughs> you know, it's Hallmark, uh, Collagely. I mean, I don't know. Theology, <laughs> hallmark, hallmarkology. I don't know what it is. But it's it's something that is so far removed from Scripture <laughs> that once you actually start digging into the Word of God, you meet God. Mm. And you think you've always known Him. You know what I mean? You think. But mm. then when you dig into the Scriptures, you're like, oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like what Job said. You know, when you finally come in contact with God— um, as he is, as he has revealed himself, you know, when you, when you meet him, um, you say, man, you know, I'd heard of him by the hearing, you know, I thought I knew him, but, but now my eyes have seen him and I repent in dust and ashes. Like, I, I don't like myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're basically, you sum it all up by your saying, I don't like myself. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a good person. If you, if you say you've met God, mm-hmm. you've come in contact with God, as so many people in our culture say, so many people say. And then you still are standing there with your demands and your expectations and your rights and your, you know, and all of these things right, and, right. you know, my identity and I want to be. And, and um, I would say, I would say, without even being concerned that you would contradict me, I would say that you have not met God. Mm. Because once you really come in contact with a true and living God, um, boy, are you humbled. And boy, do you realize that everything you have from him, everything that you've received, even the next breath that you haven't taken, you're like, oh, Lord, only by your mercy, Mm. only by your mercy and your grace. Like, who am I? You know, Mm. and unfortunately, too many of us have not met the true and living God. We have met these um, these (laughs) copies, these ditto sheets (laughs) <laughs> Remember dittos when you oh, were yeah. in elementary oh, school, wow. the purple printouts that <laughs> don't touch them because they're still wet. But dittos, you, you've <laughs> met these, you know, these copies. We got an email. I think it was an email or maybe a, a message on Facebook from one of our listeners who said, hey, listen, I listen on a regular basis. I just do not understand what you mean when you say Jesus and Birkenstocks. Uh, uh, she was like, help me understand that reference. So here is what that reference is. And it fits ni- nicely with what I'm saying here. That reference is to this picture that we often have of Jesus as um, the hippie who is just so in love with us, dude. Like he just, you know, and he wears Birkenstocks and their wildflowers just kind of like wrapped around his head, you know, and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's always just like, dude, you know, <laughs> and whatever you want is okay with me, dude. And, and he wears Birkenstocks. And we, we have this picture of Jesus. I apologize to anyone who never had that picture and now you can't erase it. I'm sorry. All right. Um, But a lot of people act on that image, whether they have that image in their head or not. We need to understand um, who our Lord is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Both the lion and the lamb. You understand who, yes, he loves, he loves um, and, and, and also works justice, right? Like is judging and condemning sin and, 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 
but that's not convenient in today's culture. So we don't talk in those terms. Anyway, that's a lot of words to say. Um, Welcome to Aaron Adams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, and, you know, just thank God for, for, for who he is. Um, you should probably tell people about the conference, Will the Great. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. I'm excited. You know, people are registering for the conference. Um, you know, see, there's a lot of children that, that are being registered. That's awesome, you know. Um, so the the Marriage Family Life Conference is happening June 24th uh, through the 26th here in Tupelo, Mississippi. It will be at Hope Church. Uh, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net to register. Uh, you can find out more about the conference. Uh, you can see a schedule of the sessions. You can also find hotel information there. Uh, and we're also going to be putting up soon uh, some of the youth apologetics track, uh, the subjects or the topics that will be covered there. But, man, this is a conference for the whole family. Uh, we have a youth apologetics track for ages 4 to 17. Uh, we desire to minister to the whole family. We want this to be an event that you can take uh, the whole family to. And I know there are some families uh, with children who are younger uh, than four. And I, I talked to the church and they have a couple of rooms that they will have available that uh, that families can go to just if their child gets uh, irritable and would be <laughs> will still be able to hear what's going on in the session. So that's Wonderful. pretty cool. We just uh, try to work that out. But uh, marriagefamilylife.net is the uh, website. You can go and register now. Right now we're in an early bird special until April 1st, and so make sure you get your tickets now. Also, if you desire uh, to to attend the, the, the conference and um, you say, well, I don't have the uh, the money to do so or whatever, just send us an email at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net, and that will come straight to, to me, and, uh, and I'll, I'll respond to you. But uh, just know that the Marriage Family Life Conference is happening June 24th through the 26th, here in Tupelo, Mississippi, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net to find out more information. All right. So, you know, I think that um, I think that it is good for us to wrap up a discussion that we began, I guess, last week. that We couldn't finish and we picked up with it on mm-hmm. uh, Monday and I guess Tuesday. <laughs> I'm, my days are a little bit messed up now. I guess yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, kind of thrown and off. And then, yeah, yeah. I, I remember saying... Now, we're not going to be able to have this conversation because Wednesday and Thursday we have guests scheduled. <laughs> yeah. That's why you shouldn't say, and tomorrow we'll go and buy and sell. You should say, Lord if the Lord willing. wills, right? <laughs> because how do you know what will exactly. happen? So here we go. Wednesday, we were on high alert because of uh, severe weather uh, mm-hmm. threatening our area. And then on today, we were scheduled to have a guest. Mm-hmm. Who had and to I reschedule? Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Had to reschedule, so. But that's just yeah. a wild reason. It, I mean, it's it one of those things. That, so here's, let me just say this. Okay, so we've <laughs> we've had to reschedule that guest. But I cannot help but think, you know, maybe we just need to go ahead and finish with the conversation. Like, maybe that's, <laughs> me, I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe so. So here is something that uh, Will the Great and I have been discussing. Is it an exaggeration for us to say almost daily? Since, it seems like, that way. Since come up, you know, at different points throughout the day. Like we just keep revisiting this conversation. (laughs) And um, so perplexed by this are we that it has taken on sort of the focus of our discussion with our children as we're Mm -hmm. working through the book of Galatians. Mm -hmm. And um, we just keep circling back to it. And, and it just keeps, (laughs) 
it just keeps coming back. And so <laughs> we're going to have this discussion with you. And then we have another article that um, we would like to talk about um, if time allows. Mm. But but here we go. So here is the question. So we began talking about um, does the Bible allow for universalism? OK, so does the Bible allow for this belief that um, all people will eventually be saved? Is there does the Bible teach that there is only one way to God and that that way is through Jesus Christ? I believe will the great believes Orthodox Christians believe that there is only one way that what Jesus said about himself Amen. is actually true, that he is the way to God. He's the way, the truth and the life. No man can come to the father except through him. We, we believe that. And we believe that all of the scriptures point to that and um, validate that and affirm and confirm that. So, so, as a result of talking about this, I can't remember exactly what the tripwire was, <laughs> but we um, we hit something, and then there was there was the um, the call I think one or maybe two I can't remember that seemed to suggest that there are two different gospels that are presented presented to us in Scripture. Am I am I right about that? That's what, that's that there are two different. Like- yeah, Gospels. No, it's, that's okay. what it seemed like some were saying. Now, at this point, <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all, at this point, some people might say, oh, just cover a headline, Mika. Hey, don't worry <laughs> about it. You know, we all know. But so important is this conversation um, that we're willing to, do- to donate <laughs> another show to it, right? <clears throat> In addition to this donation, um, we... <laughs> We can't we can't ignore it mm-hmm. because when we talk about things that threaten the gospel, like for example, um, I speak out loudly against critical race theory, utilizing any of it as tools. I speak out against intersectionality, um, the world's definition of justice, mm-hmm. and all of these things. They call it social justice. I, I speak out against those things, and I anchor all of that um, in a defense of the gospel. Yeah. So when I, it's hard for me to just say, oh, you know, that's a, yeah, go and handle your doctrine with your pastor. Because I think the battle that we're fighting in culture mm-hmm. is over the preservation of the gospel, the proliferation of it. Remember, we are constantly saying you are supposed to be handing the gospel down intact to your children. You're supposed to be Don't living run in faithful. Vain. Don't <laughs> run in vain, meaning empty handed. You're supposed to be living faithful lives as Christians living your authentic life, okay? And handing down the gospel, the one gospel, which is what we had been saying, <laughs> all right, um, to your children and to your grandchildren. And so now we are faced with this question, did Paul have a gospel and then the other disciples, the other apostles have a gospel? Let's mm. talk about that when we get back. Aaron the Addison's American Family <laughs> Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Brings joy in my sadness. Peace in the time of storm. Brings hope when I'm hopeless. Yeah. Protects me from all harm. And you are. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's. On American Family Radio, mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's the Walls Group, but all my praise goes to you. So let me just say this, just so people are aware. So 
Will, I would say that you've been the one consistently provoking this question of me over the last few days. Really? I would. I would. <laughs> I would say, because this is, I don't know if you are aware of this or you would even have noticed this about yourself, but um, you were, you know, approaching me mm-hmm. and saying things like, um, uh, two Gospels? Do you, you, you think so? Like, two Gospels? <laughs> or do you think really that the, the apostles were teaching something different from Paul? Like, no, it couldn't be, right? Because then you'd look at Acts chapter 9, and then, like, these are the things that you've been saying. Is it coming back to you now? No. no oh, afraid. come on now. <laughs> oh, hold up a second. I don't mean, I know you're just joking. It's like when the kids are joking, we say, that's a lie. And they say, no, I'm joking. And it hurts their heart. Um, it, <laughs> don't make me say it. Uh, but I know we've been discussing okay. this for the past All right. couple of days. Uh-huh. And I think it's anyway, been a great discussion that we've it has carried been a great on discussion. in our Bible study with our children. So, hey. All right. Still not taking responsibility for this. <laughs> what we're about to do. That's fine. No, that no. So fine. It's, it's very, it's, you know. Send your emails to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Um, so, so I think it was, I think it was um, our brother Bill who listens to us in West Virginia who called and said that, at least as far as I understood that there were there were two different gospels, that what Paul was mm-hmm. presenting was a gospel to the Gentiles and that Peter and um, the other Jewish leaders uh, of the early church um, and these pillars, as Paul would have referred to them in his letter to the Galatians, by the way, um, Peter, James and John, um, that they would have they would have been holding a different gospel, a gospel to the Jews. And look, I would leave even leave room for mm-hmm. Bill. Or anyone else, because I think someone also contacted us uh, with a with a nice e- uh, email on Facebook, kind of saying some of the same things. If there's more to what they're saying than we're giving, you know, than what we're doing. Okay. You know, because okay. I don't know. There may be they may say, no, no, this is what there's more to it than what what you guys are putting out there. Whatever. But go ahead. Okay. Um. So what I want to say is simple, and it doesn't take a lot of time. Um. That there is one gospel, that the scriptures. Uh, and as I read them seem mm-hmm. to be very clear that there is just one gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, you know, as we understand it, this is why you can hear the terms, uh, hear the term gospel kind of being thrown around a lot because it's not a uniquely Christian term. It, it, it refers to good news or whatever of any sort, right? So it's not something that is uniquely Christian, um, but Paul, uh, more than any other New Testament writer, uses the word gospel, um, mm-hmm. describing the good news of Jesus Christ and, and who he is and what he came to do, what he secured for us. Um, but there's something interesting that I, I feel like uh, if we are to take, if we if we look at what the Apostle Paul said, and we believe that all scripture is breathed out by God, right, that the Bible is not. Um, just a book that contains the words of God, but that it is the word of God. Then when we look at the scriptures and we're looking at what is written there, we're not saying, well, just according to what Paul says, we are saying that this is what God wants us to know about the gospel. So if you look at Galatians um, and, and, and interestingly enough, this is where we've already been in the study. I would say rigorous study with our children. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Galatians in the opening chapter of understandably there weren't chapters, but the beginning of this letter, okay, the <laughs> right. opening chapter, chapter one, um, Paul writes to the Galatians in verses six and seven. And, and again, when you study and you look at these words, it's not just to wow your friends, 
but it's to get a deeper <laughs> meaning of like the richness of what is contained in scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, carefully I'll read here and then we'll talk about it. Um, the apostle Paul in Galatians chapter one, I'm going to start at verse six because he kind of jumps right into his chastisement. Right. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one. Now, here is something that is so interesting in verse six and verse seven. There are two different words used there when Paul is talking about the gospel. So in verse six, he says that you are turning to a different gospel, a different gospel. The different there is the word heteros. Heteros, meaning another Mm -hmm. that is different in kind. Okay, something that is the other or the different kind. Okay, so something that is not the same where we get heterosexual. Okay, Mm -hmm. male, female, understand. Okay, so he says, I marvel that you are turning to something different. Mm hmm. So you're turning to something that is not the gospel. You're turning to something different. And then he says in verse seven, not that there is another one. (laughs) Now that Greek word transliterates alos. That means another of the same kind. So what does Paul do In, in his opening in this letter? He says, I marvel that you're so quickly turning to a different gospel, something that is not the gospel, something different. And then he says, not that there is another meaning, for example, that there is a different, but same gospel. These are two different words that are transliterated there Mm. in Greek, and they have two different meanings. So for example, if you go to a coffee shop Mm -hmm. and you have a cup of coffee And then you say, may I have another cup of coffee? (laughs) You are asking for alos, another Mm -hmm. cup of coffee. It is more of the same. Mm -hmm. And notice that Paul says, not that there is another of the same. (laughs) So basically what he is saying is that there is one gospel. So if there is a departure from the gospel, something heteros, It is different. It is not the same gospel. Now, why is that important? That's important because as Paul is setting this up, notice that as he continues through this letter that he writes to the Galatians, he talks about how he received the gospel. He talks about how he wasn't taught it by anyone, Mm -hmm. how the Lord Jesus himself gave him this gospel. He was basically taught of the Lord is what he is saying. Then when he gets to, when we get to chapter two, he says, By way of revelation, he was told to go to to Jerusalem so that he could lay out, explain, set before the leaders in the church, submit to the leaders in the church, the gospel that he has been preaching to make sure that he's not running empty handed. Now, what happens when they hear what he's been preaching? Um, They determine, yep, this is the same (laughs) thing that we're preaching. They're like, bingo. You, this that's, that's it. This is the one <laughs> <It's> the gospel. <laughs> this is the one gospel. And so now here, here's the thing. If there is a different gospel, 
that say, because what the hang up was for these Judaizers, these men who came from James, mm -hmm. although James in Acts chapter 15 was like, uh, we didn't send them. <laughs> these men came from among us, but we did not send them to trouble the churches with mm -hmm. this different gospel. If you go back to Acts chapter 15 and read it, it's there very plainly. Although these men came from James, they were not carrying what came from the church in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when Paul is writing this to the Galatians, basically what he is saying is that when I go to present this gospel that I am preaching among you here right now is the opportunity for those in positions of leadership. Although Paul is <laughs> Paul's like, whoever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows no <laughs> partiality, but mm -hmm. you know, you guys will respect them. You will understand what I'm saying here. He says, even Titus, who was with me, was not compelled to be circumcised. What is he saying? Mm -hmm. Because the attack right now is on whether or not a Gentile Christian mm -hmm. has to become a Jew and then become a Christian. Do right. you have to keep the law of Moses? Do you have to observe the customs of the Jews to become a Christian? And so this is the point where when Paul lays out the gospel that he's preaching, and I'm trying to be careful not to say his gospel so as to paint a, the picture that there is a different gospel that he's preaching. This is Paul's gospel and this is their gospel. So when Paul lays out this gospel to these pillars, these influential men, he lays it out before them privately. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say that not even Titus was compelled to be circumcised. Why is that important? That's important because he's <laughs> saying this is the point at which if there is a different gospel that right I'm there. missing something, mm -hmm. this would have been the point where they have said, nah, nah, he needs to be circumcised. He needs to be circumcised. And they don't do that right? because our salvation is through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. So this is a gift of God, lest any man should boast, right? Not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and look, we all know our character. We would boast. Hmm. We would brag about what we've done to secure our salvation. I think it's interesting that when you go back to Acts chapter 15 and you look at the Jerusalem council, how even in the midst of these men discussing what has gone on in the churches that these Judaizers have come from the church in Jerusalem and they are troubling the Gentile converts, even in the midst of the discussion, these men are there and they're like, no, but the Gentiles must be circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, like they're digging they're, in their heels, man. They're, they're like, not, oh, yeah, nah. they're not even a little bit embarrassed they about what they've been doing. They're like, the they're Moses. like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, but let them be circumcised, you know? And so, so what, you know, James says, because this is good to the Holy Spirit and to us, here is the letter that is to be written. Let this letter be distributed um, throughout all of the churches. And also let these men carry the letter to these specific areas mm -hmm. and let them also say what is written in the letter by word of mouth. And the thing is, too, it was, I think you might have said this, but it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And to us. That's that's just huge. You know. So why is that important? And and, and by the way, I, you know, this has troubled Will and myself um, because we are so eagerly um, contending for the one faith that we have received. So when the Apostle Paul says, you're, I marvel that you're so quickly turning to a different gospel, but there's not another gospel. He, he is very specific and intentional in his wording because the temptation is to not completely bulldoze the gospel. It's just to add something to it that is just plausible. It's just believable. Oh, well, maybe we do need to observe these laws. 
Now, why is that important in 21st century America? Because we have very subtle attacks on the gospel today. Take, for example, critical race theory, mm-hmm. where we say that there is a different type of repentance that is needed for people to be able to operate in fellowship, that we have classes of people. And come now on, if you are on. the oppressed, you've got to be ushered to the front. It's a different type of gospel. There is, there, this is a different understanding. And look, and guys, th- the reason we're fighting against this is because it's just subtle enough. Look at the effect it's had on the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Look at how it's divided the body of now. Christ. You know, and you, you get this picture where you would think like, man, what what might Paul say if he were here today? Or what might James the just, by the way, <laughs> what might James the just say? You know, OK, so uh, look, you, you had these people who came like they were representing, you know, the truth of the gospel. Um, but we didn't send them. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. And uh, so so you do not have to buy books on white fragility Um, because it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us that your confession of the Lord Jesus Christ and your belief in the sufficiency of his death, burial and resurrection is enough for your salvation. So there is not an additional work that you need to do. You don't need to put in the work. You you don't need to go (laughs) and subscribe to Robin D'Angelo's whatever. You don't you don't need Kendi. You don't need his books. Go look him up. I don't know. You don't need his books. All right. This is important. Guys, when we say we are (laughs) fighting for the preservation Mm. of the gospel, can can I tell you, man? man. So, again, when you get into this and you do like a deep dive in the study of the word of God, and this is what we're trying to teach our kids to love and to always appreciate. So in in, in Galatians chapter two, um, the Apostle Paul says that you have these false brothers. Galatians chapter two, verse four. He says, you've got these false brothers who were secretly brought in, Mm. who slipped in. Now, think about this in the context of 21st century (laughs) America, what we're contending with. Why are we talking about this stuff? Not because it's fun, but because the gospel is at stake. That's why we're talking about these issues Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Right. So look at what Paul says to the Galatians. He writes to the Galatians chapter two. He says, you've got these false brothers who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus (laughs) so that they might bring us into slavery. Mm. Boy, is that not true today? Come on now. To them, he says, we did not yield in submission or some translations say subjection, Mm -hmm. even for a moment Mm -hmm. or an hour, which is a better translation, actually, because the word that Paul uses there is an hour. (laughs) We did not submit to them even for an hour. And then watch this. He says, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Mm. The better translation of the word preserved there is remain or continue. Mm-hmm. The Greek word transliterates its um, di- diamino. D- diamino is the Greek word that is used there to remain or continue. Mm. And, and here's what's man, this should like blow your minds. It is a word with emphasis. So the root of the word is mino mm. or meno, which means to remain. But the prefix dia intensifies the word. It means thoroughly remain, fully Mm. remain, properly remain, continue throughout. (laughs) So he's not just saying, yeah, we just wanted to make sure you got the gospel. Here it is and throwing it on your doorstep. He's saying, no, we carried it with integrity. We stood and we fought against liars for it. Why? So that you could get it intact. (laughs) So that it would thoroughly remain, properly remain, fully remain so it's it's i don't mean to i i know some people have a problem with my emotionalism man come on it's important this this is 
that we hold one gospel in hand, that we transmit one gospel in our contending and fighting against false brothers secretly brought in, spying out our freedoms, trying to bring us back in slavery. We got to be fighting for the one gospel, not several versions of it. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll break and be right back. You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My healer, redeemer again and again. My mother and my father, brother, sister, and friend. Everything I've needed, Lord, you've always been. Everything I've needed, Lord. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and it's Unspoken, You've Always Been. So we are standing in 21st century America for the one faith, the one gospel that we have received. This is what has been handed down to us. It has been thoroughly defended and protected, and we have received this gospel. We don't have the authority to to alter it or to change it. And again, I'm, I've sort of kind of made a shift here at the end of this last segment that mm-hmm. we were in. And talking about, just as one example, why we stand against critical race theory. And we say that critical race theory cannot be entered as a framework that is useful in the church because it is a competing gospel. Mm-hmm. It's it's a competing gospel. So it is, it is just like the Judaizers at the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. It's just like the Judaizers saying, no, but they need to be circumcised. I mean, come on. Right. You've got other people saying, no, 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 but they need to admit that there are oppressors and oppressed mm-hmm. people groups on, who never can be free from that. Let me give you let me give you a side by side comparison here, just so that you understand when we talk about understanding the gospel and that there must be only one gospel. There is only one gospel. It's not something we've created. It's only what we've received, that there is one gospel. And look at this in light of um, the challenge that is critical race theory and why we must be comfortable saying there is only one gospel. See, because if, if we allow for other gospels, then why can't I enter mine? Mm. Like what what Come is on. the gate that says me over here, stage left, st- you know, whatever. Why can't Look, I just drop in my gospel? That's how you get all these other cults and these cults and things like I'm thinking about black Hebrew Israelites and, all. Yes. you know, they add they have a whole Adding different gospel, gospel. That's not a gospel at all. <laughs> that's exactly right. That yeah. is exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so for example, the gospel says, according to Colossians chapter three, verse 11, here, there is not Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian, Scythian, slave free, but Christ is all and in all critical race theory says here, there is black, Hispanic, native, Mm. Asian, white, female, male. Additionally, there is homosexual, transgender, non-binary. Plus, furthermore, there is black, female, native, transgender, brown, <laughs> undocumented, white, bisexual. Come on, <laughs> just man. goes on and on. The gospel says, the gospel says, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Watch this. And such were, I'm putting emphasis on were, Mm -hmm. and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. But critical race theory says you are never forgiven your debts. (laughs) If you begin as an oppressor, you are perpetually the oppressor. If you begin as a victim, you never overcome. Mm. 
Hmm. Critical race theory says confession is lose-lose. It is, it is a sort of a, it's a Salem witch trial. I mean, you want to save your life by declaring you're a witch, but then you declare you're a witch and you're not. And you, so you, <laughs> you want to save your life in the culture. So you say you're racist, their word, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you want to fall on the culture's mercy. And then as soon as you say it, they're like, see, you can't, you can't win. The gospel says the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Psalm 119, 130. Or 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. You know what critical race theory says? It says knowledge and authority belong to oppressed groups. It says privileged groups cannot understand individual truths. Privileged groups cannot understand individual truths. Critical race theory says portions of the Bible are disqualified as a reliable reference as its authors and translators exclude women and oppressed people of color. <laughs> I can't. Oh, <clears throat> listen, there is um, one gospel, Amen. one gospel. And if we are not in all that we're doing, okay, as Christians holding the line in culture, if we're not defending that one culture, then we're guilty of just doing exactly what the culture is doing, just batting around philosophies and ideas that are not anchored or not held up against something that is absolute. The gospel is absolute. The word of God is absolute. That, we, that is why we call it the straight edge. Mm. It is the standard by which everything must be measured. It is what we hold ourselves up against. If there are some philosophies or there are some ideologies that come at us, we must hold these things up against scripture. If there are things that are going to get shaved off in us, it's going to be the things that do not comport with a biblical understanding of living a life for the glory of God. Until we get to this point, all we're doing is competing for our ideas to be adopted by the masses. Why? Why? And why are we doing that? All of that stuff is going to burn up. Come on, like just, just trying to have the best idea. You know, I, I just, what I'm saying is this Christians, we have a high calling to be able to defend the gospel. When we are standing against things in culture, don't just be standing against something as a conservative. Don't, don't just be standing against something because it makes you uncomfortable, Come makes you now. anxious. Stand against something because you see that it, you, let me say it this way. Stand against it because you see it as it truly is mm-hmm. an attack on the gospel. Yeah. That it's that it's aimed at the gospel. I mean, that's the only thing that is of eternal value and significance that we could really be contending and fighting for. Mm. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Your comments here are welcomed. Um, to our brother Bill and anybody else who's written us, if we've misrepresented what you're trying to say, we especially want to hear from you. So please let Sherry B. know who you are so that she can let Will the Great know um, and that we can get your call in sooner rather than later. 888-589-8840. Man, you know, as we go through the book of Galatians Man. with our children, <laughs> um, it's amazing the things that stand out to them. They're, yeah. they, they, have, they have great concern about the strength of Paul's response to, <laughs> to, to, to uh, Peter and uh Peter Barnabas. and Barnabas, yeah. you know, they're, they're like, man, is it right for him to be calling names like that? Like, you know, shouldn't he? <laughs> is it is it right that he stood up to Peter like that? I mean, is that kind of mean? Like, you know what? You, and so really what what it allows for us to do, it, it gives us the opportunity to show how important the gospel is. Yeah, it's worth and it. And how important <laughs> it is worth it. You, you've got to you've got to do it. And, and by the way, 
when you're looking at um, the Apostle Paul says, even Barnabas was led astray. Mm. You know, you go through your Bible and you circle some of these words that should jump out. It's a small word, but it has a huge significance. Yeah. Even. Right. The word even Barnabas. You have to ask the question, why even Barnabas? Mm-hmm. And then so you just go do a study and, and, and you look back at who Barnabas was. Mm. And you see, oh, my goodness. Man. No wonder Paul used Barnabas as even Barnabas. Right. It was like shocking. Like it's shocking. Like, no. You know, yeah, yeah. Even Barnabas. And so we actually pointed this out to our kids this morning. And and I use the example. Can I use can I use the example? Sure. I, I, I told I told them, I said, guys, you have to understand when you understand the character of Barnabas, you understand who he was to the early church. Um <laughs> it would be like there is a there is a melee going on outside, a bunch of people are fighting in each other's faces, and um and and all of a sudden people are out there yelling, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And then, and then, and then I say, and even daddy was out there. Oh man, <laughs> they couldn't stop laughing. I said, what, now why, why, why are you laughing? Because we can't see him. Like there's no way he would be out there. And, and so imagine who Barnabas was. And then you have all the scripture to wait it, mm. to wait Barnabas's character, Barnabas's history, where he grew up. The fact that he was sent to the church in Antioch because it was the diverse church that was on and popping. And they're like, we need to send somebody there that we can trust. <laughs> Let's send Barnabas to check out what's going on. And Barnabas goes there and he cur- encourages the church in Antioch. He goes and gets Saul. They come back to Antioch. That's their hub church. They're there for an entire year. And so then when Paul is like telling the Galatians, he's like, listen, even, pa- even Barnabas was led astray by Peter's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. The word even takes on a whole new meaning because it's like, whoa, there is no way that Barnabas should have been led astray, but look at how deceptive, and I'm going to use this word, look at how seductive this partiality is, that even Barnabas, who you would least expect to be tempted in this way, look at him kind of being led astray by all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is huge, guys. This is, and and I will say this, and then we'll go to the phone lines. The gospel, as you might already know, is worth fighting for. Amen. It's Amen. worth going the distance for. All right. Well, the great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Bill in West Virginia. Hi, Bill. Hey, hey, Bill. Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, a great program today. And listening. And this is how people learn the Bible. Okay. What you're putting the program you're putting out. I just want to add to my definition of a of a of a gospel. From what I've gotten out, okay, is the teachings of Jesus and the apostles, which means there's, 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 there's many different uh, Gospels. But you're right, there is one Gospel. It's all right here in this book. <laughs> and, but we have to take that book and, and, and divide it in the right, right places. For instance, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who are they written to? The Jews under the law. Then you go to Paul, Paul, Paul's gospel, and uh, let me go to First uh, uh, um, Corinthians fifteen one through four. I'll just start reading a little bit. Okay. Okay. Go moreover, ahead. Moreover, brother, moreover, brother, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, also uh, ye have received, and wherein ye stand. It, uh, verse two, by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you believe in vain. Now, mm-hmm. 
And you just brought you brought today too about the Jerusalem Council, and I'm, and it's not not being dis- just remember one thing: the twelve apostles did not have a clue of anything that was coming after the cross. Didn't have a clue. Paul didn't either until after he was made an apostle by the ascended Christ. So, therefore, their gospels. See, people take the worst thing you can do in the Bible is mix law with grace. You can't do it. And that's what we all try to do, myself included, okay? So what you were saying, everything you I agree with everything you were saying today. It's, it's, but you know what? I had a teacher that told me years ago, now I'm 77 now, I didn't start studying the Bible until I was 61, but I can't get enough of it now. But Amen. <laughs> what, what happens is, you know, if if we don't have the proper teachers telling us what to do, and I was getting things really confused, and finally he sat down with me and said, Bill, let me say something to you. And I, I said this a, quite a few weeks ago on your program. The, this book, and he had the Bible right in his hand, and he put it down, and he said, Bill, this whole book is written for you, but this book is not, the whole book is not written to you. And that's what everybody has to understand. Now, if you're a Jew and you want to be saved by the law, you better be going into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and prior to, okay? If you are under grace, saved by grace, by Jesus Christ's blood on the cross, and coming out of the grave on the third day, then you have to know that your your words to, for you to know are in Paul's works. And remember what Paul says, in many, I think three times in his books, Paul says, follow me. As I follow Jesus. Now, you know, we can't follow Jesus because he's not on this earth for us to follow right now. He was on this earth for the twelve apostles to follow. And but they they did not they did not remember now that and it's not believe me, I probably would have been in the same position they are. It's kind of hard to under try and understand what he was laying out to them. He laid every bit of this out to them. He he told them he was gonna die. They didn't believe it. If and think about this, if you were an apostle, and you believed everything he said. Where would you have been on the third day? Would you not have been at that tomb? Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah, who mm. one person was Mary Maglia. Mary Maglia, and you know what? When she was taken by Christ and, and saved by Christ, she followed him. She put her heart and soul in him and followed him. So, Bill, and, and, I'm, I'm going to run out of time, but I want to ask you a question before I let you go, because I, I just so but what we agree that there is one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ, both for Jews and Gentiles. Correct. Exactly. OK. Right. OK. Because That's today, yeah. under grace. Not only Gentiles are saved, but the Jews can be, too. They can, they mm-hmm. can accept it, mm-hmm. but they have not yet. OK, if if we. Okay, remember this one thing, too. The the age of grace will come to an end when the rapture comes. Then it goes into the tribulation. When you go into the tribulation period, now it's going to all revert back to the law. And, and remember, too, how many times it's said in the Bible, especially in, in, in Revelations, only a remnant, a very small amount from all four corners will be saved. Hmm. Man, Bill, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate what you're saying. I I think that um, in addition to what you 
have laid out as, as far as bringing clarity to your comments. First of all, let me just say that I am relieved and I rejoice that we agree that there is one gospel. Yeah, I, I yeah. glorify God for that, right? Amen. Um, I think there are some additional n- nuance to what you're saying that um, I, I think there could be a larger discussion around. Um, and we just don't have time to do it in 15 seconds. <laughs> but boy, Bill, thank you so much oh, for calling man. in. I, I love appreciate it. Me too. Me too. I hope that it drives people to study their words. Praise God. (laughs) All right. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.